We're going to be in Genesis chapter 42. Uh, we'll start there at verse, uh, verse 21. If you can skip down to Genesis chapter 42. Skip down to verse 21. Now, I know this is Joseph again, and he's like, well, we, I know we kind of went through Joseph some lately, but uh, I want to focus on Jesus Christ. I always want to focus on Jesus Christ. This is a sermon about Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says about Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, it says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as he walked on this earth, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As Christians, we need to keep that in mind that our Lord and Savior was, was a, suffering, a suffering Savior. He suffered. He was acquainted with grief. He was a man of sorrows. So don't think it's strange that you have a lot of tears, you have a lot of sorrows going through this world. When you look at the world the way it is, our Savior was the same way. And uh, Jesus Christ, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus Christ in John chapter 11. It says, Jesus wept. And I want to play off of that where it said Jesus wept. And, and I want to go to Genesis chapter 42. And I want to go to the story of Joseph found there at verse 21. Now, what's interesting about the story of Joseph is that when you study Joseph out, study the Word of God. And I encourage you, if you've never read the story of Joseph, it starts around Genesis chapter 38, 37. And it goes all the way up to chapter 50. You, can, you could read that in a couple of nights' time and study it through. But it's a really, really awesome story. Joseph was a favorite of his dad. He was one of the 12 brothers, and he was favorite of his dad. He was given a coat of many colors, but his brothers hated him for it. And God was speaking to Joseph's heart and speaking to Joseph through dreams, dreams showing Joseph that his dad, his mom, his brethren were going to bow down to him. And he would, tell, he, would, he would tell his brothers that. Of course, what's going to happen? <laughs> the brother's like, I hate your guts. You little, you little brother, I'm not bound down to you. You know, that's exactly what I would have done too. Well, they, they got mad at him, and here he come. He come to talk to him. Well, they took him, and they threw him down in a pit, and they sold him into uh, Egypt. What's interesting about the story of Joseph is Joseph's the greatest type of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, go through just the first chapter. There's at least 24, 25 different types of Jesus Christ. When Joseph is sold, just like Jesus Christ was sold for silver, Joseph is sold for silver. Joseph was uh, forsaken by his brethren. Jesus was forsaken by his brethren. Jesus Christ was favored of his father. Joseph was favored of his father. It goes on and on and on and on. But in this story of Joseph, what's interesting about Joseph is he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief also. There's seven different times that Joseph, in the book of Genesis, there's seven different times that Joseph is said to have wept. Have wept. Used the word wept, that he cried and wept. And I want to focus on those, but I want to focus on these seven times that Joseph wept, wept and focus on them as, as it pertains to the type of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how it relates to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how we can look at that today. So starting at verse 21, his brothers, uh, God sends a drought into, into the land of Israel. So Jacob or Israel, he sends his sons, he goes, go to Egypt. Go find us some bread. It's a famine. Well, what's happened since that time? Well, Joseph, he gets, he gets thrown in the dungeon for nothing he did. He interprets the dream of Pharaoh. Pharaoh makes him number two in all the land of Egypt. Jesus Christ is the second part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son. Joseph was the second part. 
only to Pharaoh. So all these tops are in there. So Joseph, he becomes basically the ruler of, of, of Egypt. He's the one that's, that Pharaoh says, let whatever he tells you to do with this food, you let him do it. So Joseph's running all that. Well, his brothers have to show up. His brothers have to show up, and they have to buy food, and Joseph sees them. And Joseph, what does Joseph do? Well, he's going to do like any of us. He's going to pretend like he don't know them, and he's going to take it out on them. I'm going to pay you back. Well, he tells them, you got to bring Benjamin back to me. If you don't bring Benjamin back to me, you're a bunch of spies. They're like, we're not spies. And he said, well, you got, do you have any brothers or, 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 or dad or anybody left? And they go, well, we got a dad and a younger brother. He goes, well, you got to bring the younger brother back. And they're like, man, no way. He won't, God, our father won't let us bring Benjamin back. That's, the, that's Joseph's literal full-blooded brother. So he said, no, you're not gonna, we can't bring him. you got to. Well, that's where we pick up the story in verse 21. And they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother. They're talking about Joseph. And that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben, Reuben was the oldest brother. He's the one that tried to save Joseph. He's the one that said, leave him in this pit. And Joseph went away and he was going to try to come back and get him out. And when he came back, they had already sold him into slavery. They wanted to kill Joseph originally. And Reuben saved him there. Verse 22. And Reuben answered them saying, Spake I not unto you saying, Do not sin against the child, against Joseph. Ye would not hear. Therefore, behold, all his blood is required. In other words, we're going to have to pay for what we did. We're paying. We're over here in Egypt. And this king of Egypt, this Pharaoh's second in command, this guy's out to get us. And he's out to get us because God's mad at us because of what we did to our younger brother, Joseph. So Joseph hears all this. Verse 23. And they knew, they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he, that would be Joseph, turned himself about from them, and wept, and returned to them again, and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, and bound him before their eyes. Joseph hears them talking about what they had done to him, and he can't take it, and he turns around, and he goes off, and he weeps. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord God. As we live in this world, Lord God, it's full of such sorrow, such pain, Lord God, sometimes it's anguish. Father, we have loved ones that are suffering, Lord God. We have loved ones in our, this church right now, Father. That are, Some of them are in the hospitals, Lord. Some of them are at home sick. Father, I pray, Lord God, for your healing hand, Lord, for your grace. And Father, we, we, we've wept over them, Lord. We've, we've cried out to you, Lord. But Father, we just put it into your hands, Lord. We don't want our will to be done. We want your will to be done, Father. But Lord, I, I thank you, Father, that no matter what happens in this earth, what happens in this life, Lord God, the life to come is so much worth it, Lord God. The heavenly kingdom, Lord God, we can't wait to get up there, Lord, and be with all our loved ones that got on before us, Lord. But Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord, leading God and directing us this morning, Lord God, into all truth, Lord. I pray, Father, that this sermon won't be my words, it'll be yours, Lord. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So it says that he wept there, and he wept there. Now, Jesus, we got to remember in type, Jesus Christ wept, and he wept at the cross. Jesus Christ wept at the cross. And he weeps when we forget what our salvation cost him. Amen. See, there, and, and he, this is how the Bible, sometimes you need to meditate on the Word of God. And, and the Bible tells you to meditate on it. It tells you to meditate on it. And this is why, because if you go back, and don't turn there, but if you was to go back to Genesis chapter 37, where, they, where all this has happened, this is what the Bible says, and they threw Joseph in a pit. That's what it says, that's it. 
And right here, later on, you start reading here, and it says that, it says that he cried out. The, the, verse 21, then that we saw the anguish of his soul, middle of verse 21, and we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. He was crying out. Joseph was crying out. Joseph was crying. It wasn't just simply that Joseph was, Joseph was, uh, was in there and he got thrown in a pit. He goes, okay, guys, I guess you're going to get me out of something. Joseph started crying out, guys, what are y'all doing? And he started weeping and crying and begging them. Let me out of here. Please don't do this. Don't you know he was begging them when they came along and sold him? And he's like, no, don't do this. Don't do it. And they, would, they had to sit there and listen to him cry out and beg. And that's what, they're bring, that's what God's bringing to their heart. He's bringing that to the heart. When they, they see all this stuff start happening to them, they're like, you know, when Joseph was crying out in anguish of his soul, and he, we just forgot about it. We just ignored it. And now this is coming back on us. So it's so easy for Christians to say, hey, Jesus died for your sins. And you'll hear me say it, Jesus died for your sins. Boy, that word died, there's a lot in that word right there. Amen. That's why, that, that's why that, right there, that crown right there is right there. We leave that right there on that table. It's to remind you that our salvation is free. It's free indeed. God calls us by grace to Jesus Christ for salvation in Jesus. All that's free, and I'm thankful that it's free, but it wasn't free to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And don't you know the Lord has to weep a little bit when people take it for, for granted, Christians take it for granted that all the pain, all the suffering, all the anguish of Jesus Christ, the beating, the whipping, being spit on, being the, the Son of God, He could have literally called 12 legions of angels down, took care of everybody. But He didn't. He did it for me and He did it for you. He did it for every sinner in the world. And it has to break Jesus Christ's heart that there's people that see what he did for them and all the pain and anguish he did for them. Nothing he did deserved it. Amen. He was an innocent man, railroaded into the cross by the Jews, railroaded. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify Even Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Amen. I find no fault in him. Let him go. Crucify him. All that Jesus Christ went through, don't you think he weeps a little bit when he sees somebody just turn their back on the precious blood that was shed for them? Amen. He weeps a little bit. He has to weep. Look at Genesis chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43, verse 29. Genesis 43, verse 29. Let's go to the next one. Genesis chapter 43, verse 20. We're going to be in Genesis this whole morning. Genesis chapter 43, verse 29. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin. Now, in this part of the story, they bring Benjamin back, okay? They bring Benjamin. Here comes Benjamin. He wanted them to bring Benjamin. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother? Joseph asked him, Is this your younger brother whom you spake unto me? And he said, Joseph said to Benjamin, God be gracious unto thee, my son. Amen. See, they don't know this is Joseph. They have no idea. They're, look, they're talking to their brother. And he brings Benjamin up there, and he sees Benjamin, and he says, God be gracious to you, brother, to son. And then verse 30, and Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. Amen. It broke Joseph's heart. To finally get to see Benjamin. It broke Joseph's heart. Jesus, Jesus weeps and cries out and has a broken heart to have fellowship with backsliders. Amen. 
I know this about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It breaks his heart to see Christians backslidden. It breaks the heart of Jesus Christ to see Christians that aren't, that aren't excited for him, that aren't in love with him, that have left their first love. It breaks Jesus Christ's heart. And there's nothing that Jesus Christ longs for any more than to have fellowship with his people, Amen. with you. Now, that makes no sense to me. You know, I have the worst voice in the world. Why the Lord called me to preach, I have no I have the worst voice in the world. I can't hear my grating voice. Even my sister says, you got a hick voice. I do have a hick voice. It's just a hick voice. I just can't help it. I wish I, wish I sounded like, a, like, some of these, like some of these amazing orators, but I don't. But what amazes me is that Jesus Christ wants to hear my voice. So I want to hear from you. I want to fellowship with you. And it, just like here with Joseph, when he finally sees uh, his Benjamin, he finally gets to see him, he's, he's, he's brokenhearted. He's so excited, he just starts weeping. You know, Jesus Christ is excited like that about you. He's excited like that about you. You know, there's not a lot of people in the world that can get excited like that about you. Maybe your spouse, maybe. <laughs> Maybe your spouse might get a little bit excited if you've been backslidden. If you've been gone for a while, your spouse might get excited. I was talking to a family, and we were talking, and he said that I'd be on the road. He was a truck driver. I'd be on the road, and he said, man, I'd, I'd be gone for a week, and I'd come home, and my, my daughter would be outside in the front yard, and she'd come running up to the truck. My wife would be out there, and she'd give me the biggest hug and give me the sweetest kiss, and it was wonderful. But now that I'm not, not, now that I'm not on the road every day, and I'm at home every day, as I come home, I come home every day from work, he goes, I had to go looking for my daughter to find out where she's at. And my wife just kind of looks at me sideways, and I don't even get a kiss anymore. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when you're, back, when you're a Christian and you start backsliding, you get off in the world, it breaks the Lord's heart. It breaks his heart. Guys, we're all here this morning because God in a Garden of Eden, after Adam had messed up, Eve and Adam had messed up, they had destroyed everything that God had given them. What, what, why are we here this morning? We're here because our Lord God walked down in the cool of the evening and said, Adam, where are you? Where are you at, Adam? It was God looking for... Adam didn't go looking for God after he sinned. Adam was hiding out. He was trying to make leaves. He was hiding in the bushes. And, and the Lord comes down and says, Adam, where are you? The reason why I'm up here preaching this morning was because the Lord Jesus Christ is crying out, where are you? And he send, sends men, preachers. He sends women too. He sends them saying, hey, Jesus Christ is looking for you. This whole Bible is not about the, the sheep, the 99 sheep that are found. It's about the one that's lost. Amen. And Christ is brokenhearted that you're lost. Christ is brokenhearted that he did all he did to get you into heaven and you're way off there Amen. and not coming to him. And it breaks his heart. You know, it says there in verse, uh, end of verse 29, God be gracious unto thee, my son. We all need grace. Amen. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you, and I, I trust you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't, you need to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. It's the best thing ever happened to me. But what you need to know about Jesus Christ is that when, you, when he shows up, Jesus Christ shows up. Jesus Christ doesn't show up like one of our parents with a belt in his hand. You know, I, I've, got, I, I've backslidden in my mom's eyes. <laughs> and there's times I've backslidden in my mom's eyes. I, uh, I tell the story all the time. <laughs> I'm going to tell on my mom. This is get CPS after her, but she's already in the grave, so too late CPS. She calls me up. I call my mom. Mom, I'm going to stay over here at Chris's house a little longer. No, no, you need to come on home. No, I think I'm going to stay here. And I hung up the phone. 
I shouldn't have hung up the phone. And, and when I hung up the phone after telling my mom no, I, and my mom was a little Irish lady, just a little bitty Irish lady. I, I was like, I hung up the phone, and my friend Chris said, are you going to get to stay here? I said, uh, no, I think I better go home. I knew I had messed up. Well, by the time I get outside, I had my bicycle out there in, in the backyard over there, and it, they had a driveway. That just, they were, he, his house was next to the parking lot. So I get out, and I go to get, to get on my car, and about that time, I get on my bike, about that time, here comes my mom, and she owned, she bought a 1968 uh, 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 Chevy Camaro, and I could hear it pulling up, and here it comes, and it comes in that parking lot, just about like sideways, and here comes my, my little four foot two Irish mom with this, looks like, looks like a bullwhip, but it's a belt, you know, she comes out there like that, and, and, and I, I, I was like, no mama, no mama, and she's like, like Indiana Jones, just whipping me down, and I'm trying to ride on my bicycle, you know, get, <laughs> it just, ah, and I was crying, yeah, I was backslidden, and she showed up with the belt, and I had every bit of that coming, I had every bit of that coming, when Jesus Christ shows up, when you're backslidden, he shows up in grace, Amen. shows up, and he's got a little tear in his eyes, see, one of the most heart, I mean, I try, I'm not, try, I'm trying not to get emotional, because this Bible's so real to me, because I've lived such a wicked life, but one of the most emotional things to me is reading the story of Peter. When he follows Jesus Christ, after Jesus Christ is arrested, and he's denying the Lord, and he's denying the Lord, and he's denying, and he told him he would never deny him. And there's old Peter, he gets in there, and he's watching Jesus Christ, and he's watching them, they're beating on Jesus Christ, and they're whipping on Jesus Christ, and he's over there in the corner, he's watching him. And, and then the cock, he denies the Lord one more time, and the cock crows. In the Bible, it simply says this, that Jesus Christ turned and looked on Peter. Uh, and the Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Don't you know when Peter and Jesus Christ's eyes met and Peter saw the disappointment in the Lord's eyes, that's what caused him to jump up and go weep bitterly? Do you know that when Jesus Christ was resurrected, when you put two and two together, and it's hard to do sometimes, because you've got to really study it out, that it appears that Peter and Jesus had a one-on-one -on -one meeting after the resurrection. That's what it appears. And it looks, it's like Jesus Christ showed up when Peter's all alone and said, hey, everything's going to be okay. I still love you. Now let's go do something together. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's the Savior I'm talking about. He's not crying because he's mad at you. He's crying because he loves you. And remember, when you're going to God, you're not going to God that's sitting on a throne of condemnation. You're going to a God that's sitting on a throne of grace. Amen. Amen. Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When it comes to grace, grace is for the poor. We give something to the poor. We had that happen this morning. We give something to the, we think the people of the poor. You don't give something to rich people. Those that are rich, that you don't give it to them. We, this is for the poor, needy sinner. If you're willing to admit, I'm a poor, needy sinner. I'm poor. I need something. And only Jesus Christ can give it to me. I need it. Now, if you think you're rich in this world, and you're rich in, in religious teachings, then you don't need Jesus Christ. And there's nothing, because we would insult you to give it to you. That's how I know rich people. If you offer something to a rich person, hey, will you take this? I don't, I, already, I, I could buy a hundred of those. I don't need that. You insult the rich person. Now, if you're poor like me, I'll rip it out of your hand. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate that. 
My, my wife was laughing at me because this McDonald's guy came by and he handed out two cards. He goes, here's two free meals to McDonald's for y'all. We were out there handing out those tracks and I'm like, snack them out of his hand. Now, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I turned to my wife. My wife hates McDonald's. I turned to my wife. I said, look, I got two free meals because you hate McDonald's. And look, there's two of them <laughs> just for me. Yeah. That's a man that needs to be fed right there. And the best thing for her, she don't have to cook for me that night. I just go up there to McDonald's. She can ignore me. Amen. Look at Genesis chapter 45. Let's go move along. Genesis chapter 45, verse 1. Genesis chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. So what happens here is that they, the brothers come back in. He sets them all up. They start freaking out because he has them lined up in order of their birth. And they're like, how, does, how do they know how we were born? And Joseph knows, and he lines them up. Reuben, Simeon, he just lines them up by order of the birth, you know. And they start freaking out. Well, then Joseph can't take it anymore. And he says, I want everybody, everybody get out of here. Everybody leave me. I just want me and my brothers here. Not, he didn't say brothers, but just me and these guys right here. Then Joseph could not refrain himself for all them that stood by him, and he cried, cause every man to go out for me. Leave. Everybody go. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. Boy, that's a loud crying right there. Pharaoh was really, I mean, Joseph's really crying out. Verse 3, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. <laughs> So here's this guy. You think he's the second leader of, of, of Egypt. He's, he's, been, he's threatening to kill you. You think you're going to die because of him. He's got all this trouble. And then he says, hey, I'm Joseph. And they're like looking at him like, what's going on here? You know, they're just freaking out. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're troubled. And Joseph, verse 4, said unto his brethren, come near to me. I pray you. And they came near and he said, unto, uh, uh, he said I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. That's me, verse 5. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus weeps for you to understand the cross was God's plan to give you eternal life. Jesus weeps about that. Jesus weeps that you don't understand that the, the way God intended for you to get into heaven was for him to go to the cross and die. Amen. And they, they don't understand it. And some guys never will get it. I've had people I've tried to witness to about Jesus Christ, and they'll say, I appreciate you, you don't know what I've done. There's no way God could ever forgive me. Yeah, yeah, God will forgive you, man. No, no, God will never forgive They can't, they can't. No, you don't understand. Well, what, I, what I did, I deserve to die. God, you did, you died on the cross. <laughs> You're dead. You got it paid for right there. They don't understand it. And that breaks Jesus Christ's heart because of all the trouble he went through to come, be born of a virgin, walk among men, to die, to get beat, to get whipped, do all that. And then people say, I don't understand. Amen. What do you not understand about it? It's a substitution. Do you deserve to go to hell? Yeah, well, Christ went for you. Amen. Acts chapter 2, he went for you. That's where he went. He took all those sins and threw them away. You, you're, instead of going to the cross, he went to the cross. He is sin for you. He's the substitution. It's, it's like in the old days when they would have, in the old days they would have somebody who would be sentenced to something. They'd say, we're going to sentence this guy 
to 100 days in jail or whatever. And they would have people come up and say, well, I'll take his place. They had to change the laws up because what, what would happen is you'd have substitute. Well, the guy would have so many for this. I'll take his place for 100 days. You'd have people substitute in. And they had to change things up. Too much substitution. Too many, too many people getting in there. Jesus Christ paid for your fine. The story goes, it's a true story, that, the, that, that uh, they had, uh, this is back in the late 1800s, they had a judge and he had one of his best friends come before him. So the, the courtroom was packed because they knew this judge was a hard man. This judge never showed grace. A judge can't show grace. You understand that, right? A judge has to drop the gamble and has to do the law. So here comes his, his, one of his best friend, comes up there. He had broken the law. So the courtroom's packed because, you know, this judge had been mean to all these people in this courtroom, had given them fines and everything else. And they're like, wait, we'll make sure he finds this guy. And he says, you broke this law. And the judge brought, brings down the gavel. Boom, $500 fine. Man, the courtroom was just... They couldn't believe it. To his best friend, they could not believe this guy has no heart. The judge stepped back. The judge took off his robes, stepped down from the bar. The judge took out his wallet, put the $500, bet, uh, he go, he go, put $500 there, and he said, here, I paid your fine. He took his friend. He said, let's go to lunch. <laughs> paid his fine. That's what Jesus Christ did for you. Amen. On the cross, he paid your fine. And then what's better is he puts his arm around you and says, hey, let's have fellowship together. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it breaks his heart that so many people don't understand what they didn't understand. God did send me before you to preserve life. That's why, he, that's why Jesus Christ was sent. And verse 4 it says, Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me. That's what Jesus Christ says. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. It, it, that's Christ. He said, come unto me, come. That's Christ. He's just like that. Come near me. Some people are standing afar off from Christ and like, well, I don't know how to approach Christ. Just approach Christ the best way you know how. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you say, well, I, don't, I, don't, I know men that got saved by praying a prayer and they cussed in that prayer. Yes. Did God hear that prayer? Yes. That's the best way they knew how. Lord, I'm just a sorry blankety-blank. I, I, I'm a sorry, no good blankety-blank. Would you please save me? <laughs> you know what God did? He saved them. <laughs> That's the way that you said, I would never come to Christ. I know you would never come to Christ because you're too holy. <laughs> but if some of us sinners here, we need a Savior. And we want to come to Him the best way we know how. And what's funny is, when I first came to Jesus Christ and I walked down the aisle to get saved, I, I, I knew I was a sinner. I mean, there's no doubt. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I deserved hell. And I got down and I prayed and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. I got saved. I felt great. Man, when the Holy Spirit started coming in, living in me, I didn't realize how big a sinner I was. <laughs> you don't realize how big a sinner you are. You don't realize how sinful you are. Amen. Until you get around Jesus Christ and His holiness. And His holiness. But He does say the same thing in verse 4. Come unto me. Come. Come unto me. Look at verse 14. Same chapter. Chapter 45, verse 14. I'm going to move along. And you, uh, verse 14, And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck, that's Jesus Christ, I mean, uh, Joseph fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. Do you know how much rejoicing happens when there's one sinner that comes to Jesus Christ? 
See, you think you're coming to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to come to Jesus Christ, and he's going to pull out his long, bony finger, and he's going to scold me, and he's going to say, you should have never been doing that stuff. You should have never been doing drugs. You should have never been drinking. You should have never been womanizing. You got, that's not Jesus Christ. That might be a lot of Baptist preachers. That might, be a lot, that might even be me sometimes. That's not Jesus Christ. He doesn't condemn you like that. When you come to Jesus Christ, he's going to hug you and kiss you. Look, let's look at this. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And then Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he, Joseph, kissed all his brethren. They didn't come kiss him. Who did who to what? They did that to him. They took Joseph and threw him in a pit and tried to kill him and sold him. And, and, and they did everything they do, could do to kill him. And what did Joseph do? Y'all come over here and kiss my ring. And they would have. Amen. They would have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they would have. They knew they had done wrong. They knew they were in the wrong. This is one of the most powerful men in the whole world. They would have got down and kissed his ring. They would have kissed his feet. He could have said, bow down and kiss my feet. And they would have all done it. I got $1,000. They would have all done it. But that's not Joseph and that's not Jesus Christ. The Bible says he went over to them and says, come here, Reuben. Come here, Simeon. Come here. And he, he was kissing them. He kissed them. That's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it, it, there's a lot of weeping that goes on when somebody gets saved. The Bible says, and Luke, I'm going to read it to you. The Bible says in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 15, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I know when I got saved, I, I shed a lot of tears. This just, it's, it's just very emotional for me. Now, it's not that for everybody. Now, so, now get this right. We all come to Jesus Christ our own way. I, I'm a kind of guy that, I mean, I, I wear my feelings on my shoulder. I get my feelings hurt easy. It's easy for me to cry either out of anger or cry out of sadness or just weep. I, I'm just a weeping guy. It's easy for me to do that. Some of y'all are very reserved. You're in, you have, and that's good. That's okay. That's the way God made you. Come to Christ the best way you know how. I, I, I led a young teenage girl. She was about 13, 14 years old. Led her to the Lord. I was back at Harmony Baptist. And she got down and she prayed. She asked Jesus Christ to save her. I was right there with her. I was leading her in the Lord's Prayer. And man, we got up. And when she was getting up, man, she had tears just rolling down her cheeks. Amen. And she turned to me and she said, it just feels so good. Amen. <laughs> it just feels so good. Now, that's a 14-year-old girl that she hadn't had that many years to do that much bad. What must it feel like when you're 50? When you're 60? When you're 70, 80 years old and you finally get down on your knees and say, please, Jesus Christ, save me and cleanse me and wash me. You don't think there's some tears going on? You know, people talk about the Holy Spirit like, I, I could feel the Holy Spirit moving. And the Holy Spirit was moving and people were cheering and, and rolling around in the floor and speaking in tongues and all that. And that's not my experience with the Holy Spirit. No. My experience with the Holy Spirit, when I, feel, I felt the Holy Spirit move in on a place, I mean, it's hard to even describe what I mean by that, but we had brother, uh, we were down in Pensacola and had a brother on the piano. And he'd come in, uh, uh, Brother Rex Harrison, and he'd play the piano. Beautiful. Oh, he get the plan, man, and it just people would be cheering. He get to talk. He get the plan about sacrificing for Jesus Christ, doing something for Jesus Christ. And man, I felt the Holy Spirit come in, 
and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and boy, I was just so grieved, and I started crying and weeping, and I remember looking up, and I was, I was thinking, people are going to look at me, and, and I'm, I was embarrassed. And I remember looking up, and I looked around, and everybody was crying Amen. and weeping. Amen. Boy, when the Holy Spirit comes in and moves on the people, there's some weeping goes on. There's some weeping that goes on there. When the prodigal son came back, the father came running out and kissed him. Fell on his neck and kissed him. Guys, this all goes in line with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus Christ is the best thing going. I don't know why anybody would go and try to take Muhammad or go to, try to, take, go, go to God in any other way. Why you would do that, I have no idea. The only reason I think you would do that is because you don't know the real Jesus Christ. Because if you know the real man I'm talking about this morning, the one that's alive, Jesus Christ, it, 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 the love and the grace he shows, that's why Christians get all messed up. They get all messed up because they get around Jesus Christ and there's so much grace and there's so much love. And they're thinking, well, that grace and that love, it must extend out into the whole world, but it don't. See, that love of God is found at the cross through Jesus Christ. So many people think they can, they can avoid the beloved, Jesus Christ. They can avoid him, and they can go and find God's love in this, and they can go try to find God, and you're not going to find God. You've got to go through that man, Jesus Christ. That, that's it. You say, well, I don't like it that way, Pastor. I didn't set it up. It's not my way. But I think Jesus Christ is pretty special in God's eyes. This whole Bible's talking about him, and at the very end, that's where he's at. You know one of the last words in our Bible says? Come quickly, Lord Jesus, even so. Amen. Amen. Come quickly. Come. Let's go, Lord. Come on. It's about Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. Look at 46. Chapter, 40, chapter 46, verse 29. I need to hurry up. Chapter 46, verse, uh, chapter 46, verse 29. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father. That's Jacob, Israel. So Joseph's going to go get his father and bring, Joseph's going to bring his father back into Egypt until the famine's done. And his father to Goshen and present himself unto him. And, he, and Joseph went to see his father. He hadn't seen his father in years and years and years. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Amen. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen thy face because thou art yet alive. What is that? That's Jesus Christ's love for his people, the Jew. And if you're a Christian and you don't like a Jew, you're, you're, you're walking on God's bad side. Amen. You need to have a love for God's people, the Jew. Amen. I really mean that. I, I'm warning you. I'm not because not of me. I'm not warning you anything I'm going to do to you. I mean, it's, you're not ta- I'm not warning you about how God feels about the Jew. Amen. They're his chosen people. He loves them. He said, if I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. And, and been, they've been blessed. Even though God's chosen people have turned their back completely on God today, God still has blessed them. Amen. A lot of the technological advancements we're having in military and in science are coming straight out of Israel today. It's amazing. And that shows you that Jesus Christ weeps over his brethren, Amen. over Israel. That's Israel. Jacob was named Israel, and he does. And there's going to come a time, verse 30, end of verse 30, now let me die since I have seen thy face because thou art yet alive. There's going to come a time just like Jacob, Israel, Israel seen his son Joseph and says, you know what, I thought you are dead, but you're alive. There's going to come a time where Israel as a nation is going to stand up and the Jews are going to say, I thought Jesus was dead, but he's a resurrected Savior. Amen. 
and he's my brother. Amen. He's my son. And the Bible says that in Zechariah. They're going to weep when they see him coming. They're going to weep. They're going to weep over the, like an only son. Look at chapter 40. I, yeah, go to, go to chapter 50. Let's finish this off. Go to chapter 50. I need to hurry up. Go to chapter 50. I'm going to get y'all out of here. <clears throat> y'all start weeping because y'all hadn't had anything to eat. <laughs> Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 verse 1. Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. Now, this is, a, this is talking about when Joseph gets Jacob back. Jacob goes back. Joseph's father goes back into Egypt, but then he dies. And Israel, Israel, who was named Jacob, he dies in Egypt. And this is what happens. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him when he died. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. And the physicians embalmed Israel. Jesus Christ, listen to me guys, the death of a saint is precious in Jesus Christ's eyes. When we, have, when we have some saints in here, some of them are in the hospital, some of them are in the hospital, don't look like they're going to get out. They're very precious in Jesus Christ's eyes. Amen. It says there, even though jo Jacob had to die, it said he fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If you belong to the Lord God the Father through Jesus Christ, you belong to Jesus Christ, your death is very precious to Him. Amen. And He's right there with you. And it says there in verse 2 that Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. Why would, you, why would he embalm him? Embalming implies that that body needs to be used again. That's why they didn't cremate. They believed that that body was going to come up. And it did. That body was led out. Joseph, Joseph's bones were led out of, out of, uh, out of Egypt. When, when, whenever Moses and Israel was ran out of, by Pharaoh, and, the ten, and you know, when the Ten Commandments were given, when they, ran, they took Joseph's bones with them. They took them with him. Because Joseph said, don't leave me down here, take me. That's the type of the resurrection. Jesus Christ is that resurrection. And listen, it says that he embalmed him. That's why we embalm. That's why we, we do what we do. Because we believe that body is put in the grave. It's going to be needed again. Amen. God's going to raise it up. Amen. That's why we do that. Man, that's why these other religions and these other countries don't. I was watching this documentary on the tsunami that hit Japan. Killed over 20,000, 30,000 people. Tsunami hit Japan. They, they said it, 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 it was such devastation. We didn't have time to burn the bodies. Cremate them. So we took them and we uh, buried them. Until we had the time to go back, unbury them, take them, and burn them. Because they said, we don't believe in burial. We believe in cremation. That, that's people that are heathens. And now, I'm not talking about, we, we do cremation because it's cheap today. We, we, know, we know that God's going to be able to raise that body up no matter what we do to it. But the point is, is when people, and I have, believe it or not, I have lots of people ask me about this, about cremation. I'm not judging you about cremation, but I'm telling you, that's why we do it. We, don't cre we, we, we didn't cremate because we believe that that body that we're putting in the grave is going to come up again. Amen. That's, why, that's what a Christian nation did. That's what a godly nation did. That's where that comes from. And cremation through, through other pagan religions and even through the Bible was a sign of a curse. Now, I, I've had some family members that have been cremated. My sister just recently was cremated. So don't go out here thinking I'm against cremation. I'm just telling you, that's why we do it, and that's how God felt about it. And when I go, go I hope my wife doesn't put me on a barbecue pit. I hope she just puts me in a box, throws me in the ground, because I'm going to need this body again. There's something in this body God's going to use. 
The dead in Christ will rise. Amen. I'm going to be risen. And I want, and see, I want people to know, hey, he's going in the grave, and she didn't cremate him because she thinks his body's going to come up. That's why he's embalming me. That's why they did it. That's, that's what the pharaohs believed. That's what the Egyptians believed too. Look at 50, chapter 50, verse 15, in closing. Verse 15, same chapter, in closing. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which he did unto them. So the brothers, now that their dad's dead, they're like, uh-oh, dad's dead. Now Joseph's going to go after us because he knows that we... You know, we did what we did to him. Verse 16, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. So they go to Joseph and say, Hey, Dad said to forgive us. Uh, you remember what dad said? Dad said to forgive us. Verse 18, and Joseph starts crying about it. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Remember when I told you that they would fall down and kiss his feet? That's about what they're doing right there. Okay. Verse 19, and Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. It breaks Jesus Christ's heart when, he, when you don't realize that your sins are forgiven. And that God's not out to get you, God's for you. God is for you. See people think, well this God, he sends people to hell. No, people are going to hell. He sent his son to get you out. Amen. It's like it's like being mad because, uh, you know, the guy's got the cure. Jesus Christ is the cure. You might be mad about the disease, but that disease was brought on by your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Adam. Amen. That's what that disease was brought on by. Be mad at Adam. He brought it in Eve. They brought it on. That's who brought it on. God shows up and he says, now I got the cure. His name is Jesus Christ. Let me inject you with him. No, no, you've been mean. Look what's going on in the world. Man, forget about that. Take the cure. <laughs> And the cure is Jesus Christ. And it, it breaks his heart when people are so confused by that. And they're like, well, God can't forgive me. There's no way. I can't believe how God could work this way. God works in mysterious ways. And he points out, hey, you thought it evil against me, verse 20, but God meant it unto good. Amen. See, yeah, what you did was evil. What Adam and Eve did was evil, but God had a plan. He says, all right, I'm going to give them a free choice, free will, and they're going to do something evil, but i got a plan from the foundation of the world, and that plan is Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's, going to sin is a sin of omission. What, that mean, what I mean by that is when you go to, when you go to, I mean, when you go to hell, what you, you're going to hell because of a sin of omission. And what I mean by that is, is that it's omitting Jesus Christ. You're omitting him. You're not taking him. You didn't get the cure. You didn't take the vaccine. You didn't get it. It's offered to you. It's offered to you freely. And if you listen to my voice this morning, you're listening to it, and you're getting an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I've shown you seven different times where Joseph wept, and that lines up right with Jesus Christ and everything he feels about you and about the cross and about the payment of sin. And you know how good Jesus, if you read the story of Joseph, Joseph comes over as an amazing man. And he is in the Bible, but he's nothing compared to Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing. 
Nothing compared to Jesus Christ. He's a, Jesus Christ is the most amazing person I've ever encountered. And I can't wait to see him physically. I've felt him. I know he's living in me. He spoke to my heart about things. He's given me grace and peace to deal with things that have happened in all the storms of my life. But man, when I get to see him face to face, whew, I can't wait to run over there and just fall at, my, fall at his feet and kiss him. He said, Lord, thank you. I don't know why you're so good. I don't know why you're so wonderful, but thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for taking my sin. And thank you for letting me come here and live with you. Amen. I can't wait to get to see Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Father, that if there's somebody whose heart's been touched, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, not by my words, Lord, but by your Holy Spirit, Father, that's moved, that, Lord, you would uh, work on the heart, Father, let them know what they need to do. Maybe they've been backslidden. Maybe they've been living in the world, Lord God. Lord, you forgive them. You forgive me a hundred times, Lord God, for going off in the world, Lord God. I, I know how you are, Lord. I've, I've, I've had you forgive me a hundred times over it, Father. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you'd give them strength to come on back, Lord God, and, and let them know, Father, speak to the heart right now, Lord, that you love them. And you got, you, you're sitting on the throne of grace. You want, to, you want them to come on up there and get in your lap, Lord God. And you want to love on them and kiss them and hug them, Lord, like a good father. And Lord, I pray, Father, if somebody doesn't have a good father, they, they're living out in the world, Lord God, and they, they've got that fear of death, and they don't know what's going to happen when they die, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you speak to the heart of the truth, Lord God, that you've got the cure, Lord, in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ can give them eternal life, Lord God, and they don't have to worry about death anymore. And they, they'll know they've got a place waiting for them in heaven, Lord God, and it's going to be joy, joyful and rejoicing and great, Lord. And Father, I, th I pray make that real to them, Lord, like you made it real to me all those many years ago, Lord. Father, I thank you for these people, Lord God, that love you. Lord, they give, they give money to your church, Lord God, so we can buy tracts and hand out tracts to, to people, Lord God. They, they keep the doors open, Lord. They come in. They worship you, Lord God. And Father, I pray a special blessing on them, Lord, this morning. Lord, they could have stayed in bed, Lord, but they came out here. And Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for them, Lord. And Lord, I know you're writing them in your book of remembrance, Lord. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed 
in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him